podcast. I am producer Tom. And I am Joe. Nice to meet you, Joe. Nice to be me. <laughs> nice to be <laughs> It is nice to be you. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, boy. Anyway. Good shit. Uh, we are doing my little EP this time. Um, it's been a whole week since we've recorded our last one, so it's finally good a to whole to meet entire you week. <laughs> I feel like I never left. I know. Uh, well, we're doing the In Tongues EP by Joji, a very interesting artist to me. And mm-hmm. uh, to pair with that, we have Two Roads new, I think it's their newest uh, beer out they have right now, the Tucon Easy Ale, um, kind of in collaboration. I don't, I don't, maybe not collaboration, but at least using the University of Connecticut's <laughs> branding and logo and what have you on the outside of the label. And um, yeah, I have not seen it. I, I've seen it all over the place. It's very, they're pushing it hard. Oh yeah. And, um, but I haven't, I've been yet to, to try it yet. So. Also a little, little blind taste test. A little bit of a blind taste test, if you will. Yes. Crack it. Oh, I did not get the glass. So at least with, with Joe's, you will get yes. the glass. The coloring and um, they actually have two con glasses at two roads which are pretty dope really speaking of two roads um there's a certain band playing there uh soon actually this episode damn this episode drops the day after we play there damn yeah yeah (laughs) i mean not to not to take away from the podcast but yes very very excited we got a show at two roads um it's something I personally have been working on for a very long time. I've been trying to get in there and, you know, and that's, you know, it takes time. And um, I really like the trajectory we're on right now. And uh, we are playing played, <laughs> but at the time of recording this, yes, we are yeah. playing um, two roads, Memorial day weekend, uh, Saturday, the 28th. Um, awesome. And yeah, it, it, it's going to be great. We're, we're really excited. I'm really excited. And um, yeah. So Awesome. Thanks so much to Two Roads for uh, booking us the Smooth Series yeah. and uh, excited for it. Hope it goes well. Hope the weather is good. That's the that's the yeah. linchpin. So linchpin, I like the word. I think I'm using that correctly. I, I believe you. But back to the beer. Yeah, it, it looks great. Yep. Good, I mean, good color. Transparent. It's a, yeah, it's an easy ale. So it's yeah. not like an IPA or any kind of other thing. So it's only 4.3%, so very, very low. Yep. Um, so let's try it out. Yes. A cheers. cheers. A cheers. It's very easy. Yeah. I mean, they're going after the a craft Bud Light, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's but perfect. it's better. It's better than that. Oh, absolutely. It's, you That's know, perfect. And, Listen, honestly, kudos to both Two Roads and Yukon for this because Two Roads trying to appeal to their next wave of customers, get getting them early. It's kind of like when um, when you see like, I don't know, certain commercials on like Nickelodeon, like try to, you know, you know, the kids are getting older, try like a certain toy or something like, yep. you know, you're just about to graduate college. There's these things called craft breweries in Connecticut. There's over mm-hmm. 120 of them. Let's get you in the door drinking this, and then we can show you what else we have. Yeah. Um, it's a great and then, way 
Right. And then kudos to UConn for doing this because just branding, like I, you can't go wrong. Just two. I mean, this is Connecticut in a can really, yeah. you know? Um, so yeah, honestly, just kudos to them. And I'm surprised that you kind of agreed to do this because you would think the majority of their student bodies on the rage and do they really want to be associated with beer and alcohol? Yeah. That's something I was kind of uh, caught off guard by. Cause yeah. I mean, maybe it's just a region thing. Like I don't know of any other colleges that have paired with breweries. Right. Because you, it, you don't really want to, I mean, you're associated with a higher learning and trying that, that's like your main thing is to push kids into you know learning mm -hmm. but you know with them kind of being like hey we're a party school too it's like well it's right. kind of a strange branding but right um two roads is probably one of my favorite breweries of all time they are incredibly solid with everything they put out they're always trying new things even at area two they're mm -hmm. kind of experimental brewery i think this is part of that i could be wrong but it says it on the website this is the logo next to it I'm pretty sure this is just a two roads brew. Um, yeah. I know they have it in the main tap room. I've seen it there. Um, 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 yeah, they have a blurb on their website. I'll, I'll read out for you. Yep. Uh, calling all UConn alumni and Husky fans. You don't have to be. I am a Husky fan. I do enjoy them. I used to go to games <laughs> with my grandpa all the time. But um, I actually turned down the UConn's offer to me when going to college. I went to University of Hartford. Uh -huh. Go Hawks, baby. Go anyway, uh, <laughs> um, introducing Tucon Easy Ale, we are excited and honored to announce that we are furthering the partnership between Two Roads and Yukon Athletics with a brand new Connecticut beer collaboration. Tucon is an easy drinking golden ale that's crisp, refreshing, and perfect to enjoy while cheering on the Yukon Huskies on game day or anytime you want to show your Connecticut pride. Tucon is available year round in 12 ounce, 12 pack cans, 16 ounce, four pack cans on draft at bars and restaurants throughout the state and at any and at any of Yukon stadium venues. That's probably why they did a pairing to it as well is because they wanted to sell it at, at their uh, their games too. That right so, there is just a genius play. I mean, yeah. even down to just the fucking name of it, Tucon. Like, I, I'm, I love naming and like rhyming. And I love all of that stuff. And this is just genius. Like two roads. Yukon rhymes with Tucon, like it's just fucking genius. And yeah. to get it in the stadiums, like you know, you're it's almost like the official beer of Yukon Athletics, like at their stadiums. It's a big deal for them. And, and yeah, no, Joe, you nailed it 100. Um, sometimes we'll talk about in music, like the song that they had to put out. Mm -hmm. I feel like this is kind of the taste of the beer they had to put out too. Because if you want to make something widespread and available. And, you know, the public is going to like it. You want to make it really easygoing, not insanely hoppy, not too complex with its flavors. You want something that's going to fit in with the Miller Lights, Bud Lights, Coors Lights. And that's not to say that this is in that same range of taste. I do think it's a bit more, it's a bit more crisp. You know, it's got that golden ale kind of feel to it, even though it's called an easy ale. Right. Um, it definitely has a bit more uh, body to it then I would say one of those easier drinks does. Sure. Um, but yeah, no, they, they, they basically were like, okay, let's make something as, as a widespread that we can put in restaurants around the area and in the Connecticut area 
mm-hmm. and put them at, you can sell a solo cup of it at a basketball game for $13. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And- it's a pretty decent beer, you know. Yeah, it's not while bad. It is, yeah, it's a it's a simple beer. It's not like you're saying. It's not like an IPA or a double IPA, anything like that. It's it's a you know it's an ale. It, it's kind of in the like we said the Bud Light family, but it's better than that. So it's you're grabbing the students and grad students and graduates and alumni who are just insane about their alma mater mm-hmm. and you're grabbing young people who are trying out craft beers for the first time. You're grabbing beer fans because it's a, it's a good beer. It's not, it's not like a sellout. I don't think this is a sellout beer at all. I think you're giving it. it, It's almost like the branding makes it sound like a sellout. Like, Oh, here they go. You know, they partnered with a, a college for their sports and all that, but the beer, I mean, they, they, they walk the walk right now. The beer is really good. Yeah, I, I can agree with that, but could you imagine if they made Tucon and it's like a better like little heaven or something like that? Like yeah, that would be insane. Yeah. Um, but I understand, you know, it's you 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 market it towards the the alumni and husky fans, which makes yeah. sense now that I think about it. They're not marketing it towards the Connecticut the uh, Yukon campuses. Right. But we're marketing all know. it towards the yeah. alumni and the, the older husky fans. Right. And they put that in all bold, in all uh, caps right at the very yeah. beginning to make sure, hey, we're not marketing this towards the students right now. Exactly. Yep. Which is kind of funny. But. I mean, also, too, this is what you would want to drink at a sporting event. It's light. You can mm-hmm. drink a lot of them. It doesn't weigh you down sitting in the in the seat, you know, uh, eating your hot dog or chicky tenders or whatever. Mm. You know, this is what you would want. But at a better level yeah and i i think part of why i'm not as blown away or not maybe not as like i understand why they did it feeling is because i know what two roads has put out you know yeah. i think little heaven and cloud sourced are probably two of my favorite beers of all time mm-hmm. or at least up there in the conversation and i know i've had peach jam and uh all the other kind of variations that they've put out they're all really really great so i know two roads potential Mm-hmm. And so for them to make this style of beer and market it in the way that they did is it's pretty genius in the way they did it. So yeah, I think a part of it is that we kind of became beer snobs over the years doing the yeah. show. So yeah. to have something that's like that, it, I can understand why I'm not like head over heels over it. Yeah. But if you want an easy beer, or if you're used to drinking, you know, all these light beers and you want something in that same style, but want to, maybe venture away from those types of brands, I would easily recommend this. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Want something a little more elevated, a little more reputable than, you know, those, you know, yeah. big market brands, you know, grab a, grab a six or 12 of this. Once you, once you graduate college, and I think Mike said this, um, you stop drinking shitty beers. Yes. So now that you, you have a job or even if you don't, it, you, you have the money to get a better beer yep. than a fucking Coors. So uh, get a Tucon. And they're, they're, they weren't like that expensive. If I remember right first six yeah. pack, they're like not that, not that. Pricey. I think this was, I think like 13 bucks. If yeah. I remember right. Something like Which that. Not, like, not, not bad. Well, yeah. yeah. Not bad. I mean, you know, granted we're all, uh, you know, working professionals now. Yeah. 
<laughs> but for a college kid it might be a little out of budget but like if you're going to a bar or one of the games and they have this like it's cool like your college is on a can of beer like that's pretty cool yeah good for them i i i'm i'm a branding like sucker i i i just i i think corporate that's show. Why I, yeah i think that's why i like this so much um it is the idea and the concept behind it and the partnership, you know, well done, a, a good opportunity seized by, by both parties. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, let's transition over into the EP of choice this week. Um, it is in tongues by Joji came out in 2017, his first commercial release into being an artist. Um, oh, okay. This is a very, very interesting, uh, release for me because i have been a fan of george miller aka joji aka filthy frank aka pink guy whatever you want to call him he goes by a lot of different monikers now it's just mainly joji um i've been a fan of him for a very long time if you are at least somewhat familiar with him you will know his work as filthy frank on uh youtube he had a very successful youtube channel which is where he gained a very big following he has over, I think, about 6 million subscribers on there. So very, very popular. He made very crude videos. Um, some of my favorites are um, hair cake, which is where they made a cake, but they shaved their friend's head. And then they put all the hair in a cake and then tried to eat the cake. And then they threw up everywhere. It was really good. Um, um, they also did vomit cake, which is same idea, except they, they used the guy's stomach to mix the cake up. It was very funny. Um, he would also do like really weird pranks where he would just like sit next to people in New York and like eat ravioli out of it, like his shirt pocket. It was very weird, very, very strange, okay. stuff. but he was funny in the way he did it. It was, it was like the time of like 2015, 2016, where people were like kind of edgy on the internet just to kind of gain followers. Mm -hmm. um, but he was, he was funny. And in the way that he did it, he was authentic. <clears throat> he was definitely his own spirit. And then YouTube became a little bit more of a family oriented place that's when the the ad apocalypse happened where um a lot of, of uh advertisers took away their their advertising money from youtube because it was kind of seen as an edgy place and I think too, PewDiePie, too much of a free-for-all yeah, yeah it's when pewdiepie said the n-word and people were like oh you can't say you can't do that no no, no. so a lot of people took their money away and then uh joji stopped making videos as much or as frequently and he had always put out music on like SoundCloud and these other smaller platforms. And um, I've been aware of that, but he also put out stuff under Pink Guy, which is where um, his kind of crudeness and humor played into some of these tracks. But that was kind of seen as like a bit of like a Lonely Island kind of stuff, but mm -hmm. a bit more modern, a bit more Gen Z, a little bit more Zoomer humor. Um, but this is when he he started to actually put out like serious music. Um 2017 he at this point he was pretty much done completely with with youtube and stuff under pink guy um and i think it's really good it's um i do have a bit more of like an emotional attachment to it because i was a bit younger i was a freshman in college i was still kind of discovering where i really enjoyed music i think 2018 is kind of where i had this musical renaissance of like oh here's a bunch of albums that i think are really highly rated so um it was also ties in emotionally because as you can tell, or if you haven't listened to it, um, is a bit of a slower album, a bit more of a moody in your feelings, retrospective listen. 
Um, and that can kind of play into it as well. I think I was just not great emotionally that year too. Um, I won't get into it obviously, but um, I, I think I have I'm a bit more. You, Tom, if you ever want to. Dog. My day one, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's, it's a great album or a great EP, at least in my opinion. Maybe it does sound a little bit um, amateurish on repeated listens, but I mean, for a first release or first commercial release, um, I think it's pretty good. He also released it on the uh, on the label 88 Rising, which um, I believe they focus specifically on Asian American artists. Um, the other really big artist is Rich Brian. He um, he blew up right around that same time. And um, they're kind of the two co-headliners on that label. Um, and now Joji's singing at like Coachella. He did like a, a tour, like a, a worldwide tour. He's bigger than he's ever been. He put out an album in 2020 called Nectar, um, which was pretty good. I really enjoyed it. My favorite album from his is Ballads One, which came out a year after this in 2018, which I will definitely bring on the podcast. Just I got to get through some albums first before that um but yeah the, the the big single off this um was will he which was the the opener okay um that was kind of put out way before all of this and then he put this out and um yeah i really enjoy it i'm interested to see what you will take away from this because it is kind of out of our wheelhouse yes um my first question is we did i don't know if you were saving this till later but we, you gave us, I think it was Mike who gave a Joji song on one of our stocking stuffer episodes. Um, where does that fall chronologically, like with this EP? Yes. So um, this came out 2017. His album Ballads One, I believe, came out in 2018. Okay. And then Nectar came out in 2020. Okay. So um, the song I gave Mike, I think, was Run which was mm-hmm. on Nectar in 2020. Okay. So gotcha. that was a single so a made, came out. Yeah, that one's the more recent one. He definitely okay. is way poppier nowadays. He doesn't really put out these kind of tracks anymore. Yeah, um, There was a little taste of it on Nectar here and there, but this is definitely his most lo-fi, his most like bedroom pop aesthetic that he's ever put out. Yes. And it's definitely, if you're used to his his catalog, a bit different of a, of a vibe than what he's putting out now. Um. I will say his writing and style does get a lot better. Um, this sounds like he kind of did it all by himself. And that's kind of the um, the style that he's always been portrayed as, you know, mm-hmm. kind of a guy sitting in his bed, like making stuff on his laptop in Ableton or Fruity Loops or something. <laughs> but um, then yeah. he, when he got to that label, he kind of got more producers, more features, more this, more that. And um, it became a bit more commercial and much more popular. There are okay. a couple traps, a couple traps, couple tracks off of this um, <laughs> that got really big, like um, uh-huh. Will He and World Star Money Interlude got mm-hmm. very, very big. I think mm-hmm. World Star Money Interlude is like his third most popular track on Spotify right now. Oh, okay, cool. So he's there. There is some some appeal that still goes on with this mm-hmm. um, to this day, but um, yeah, um, yeah. So back to that song you gave mike yes i remember that i i just listened to a few seconds of run i don't know if that was it but i remember it having kind of like a more like rockier edge whatever song you chose 
Yeah. So that was my first impression of Joji. And when I started listening to this, I was like, it was just a completely different sound. Yeah. So, um, you know, I didn't, I literally had no idea then because this was different than that one song. Um, I will say, you know, this, this was an interesting listen uh, for me. It was a little tough. I couldn't really get into it quickly. Um, it was slower, like you said, a little more subdued. Um, but I thought it ended strong, which we'll get to. Um, yeah. So shall we yeah. get into it? Yeah. Um, Will He is the the opener. Mm -hmm. um, again, like one of the, the bigger tracks to come off of this album. Uh, still currently 261 million streams. So he Shit, definitely, man. I think he kind of got a little bit of a boost going into music because he had so much, so many subscribers and followers and fans from these social media platforms like YouTube that it kind of gave him a running start, like a head start in his music career. And I think mm -hmm. that's what really propelled him to where he is today. You know, if this came out from some no-name kid in Indiana, like, would it get as popular as it is now? I don't know. Right, but right, right. I think there is some musical ability behind it. I, I think that it's emotionally potent and it is a little, like, stinging. You know, obviously it's it's heartbroken themes up and down the entire album um very melancholy i think it's about like an ex-girlfriend or something mm -hmm. um cool music video attached to it too i really enjoyed it um and yeah i i think it's i mean I, obviously i'm a little bit more biased because it is the first song that he ever put out mm -hmm. and i think i'm a little bit more biased just in general because i do have that attachment to him um but i i really do enjoy this it's it's very stinging and um, kind of portrays some kind of messy fall apart of, of Joji. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I, I really, I really liked it. Yeah. Um, th this just from a blind kind of yeah. jump right in, you know, I, it was tough for me to kind of get into this. It was kind of a little monotonous for me. Um, it was kind of tough to make out the lyrics and, and see what he was saying. Um, I do like how it was kind of dark and it was kind of like gloomy and doomy, yeah. you know, I, 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 yeah, I, I kind of liked that feeling of the song, but the song itself isn't my favorite. Um, yeah, it, it just didn't have enough, uh, enough spice for me. I don't know. <laughs> But like you said, you're biased. I mean, you're connected to this and we all have those albums and artists that we immediately uh, jump into. Yeah. Um, yeah. There was a deluxe version of this album that was put out where he did put out two extra songs and then the most most of it is just like remixed versions of these songs. Okay. And that came out, I think, the same year or the year after. But um that's I, I wanted just to focus on the original six tracks or put out just as an EP because, um, you know, I listened to it when it came out. I still have that kind of emotional like it, it does kind of give me a bit of a nostalgic feeling to it. So mm -hmm. maybe I'm looking through this album with the nostalgia goggles, but yeah, it's hard um, not to. It, you know? Yeah, I think it does have its merits. Mm -hmm. There are some tracks that I think are a little amateurish and rough around the edges, but um, mm -hmm. we'll get there. <laughs> 
the uh, the next track is Pills. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not crazy about this one either. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, where he's talking about taking Zoloft and Xanax <clears throat> to kind of cope and maintain with his feelings of being left from this this person or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And they're used to treat like major depressive episodes. I have uh, family members that take them. And it may be using the addiction of the physical pills also as a reference to the girl he feels that he's addicted to and needs back, maybe as like a double entendre to, to taking the pills as well. But um, yeah, it could have used a bit more variation for me. It does kind mm-hmm. of stay one note monotone through most of the, the instrumental. Mm-hmm. I kind of like the, the, the chain shackle sounds that are played in the background. Yeah, yeah. Kind of ties into the theme as well. I think there was a, uh, oh no, I'm thinking of Demons. There was a, a music video released for that where he's actually in chains. Okay. Um, There's an effect there that I kind of like. It's like whatever they use for the snare. Um, it was a cool, like ongoing yeah. effect. Yeah. 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 Um, no, I agree though. Having, again, not having much context, having this song follow will he um was kind of a a tough start for me because they're both you know moody and dark and um gloomy so it was and again you can't really tell what he's saying so it was kind of hard for me to like connect to something you know i i i I, nothing really grabbed me yet um Mm -hmm. but i thought this song had a lot of like Tyler the Creator vibes. I could see it. Uh, yeah, um, like how he's singing and the notes he's hitting, and then kind of the production of the song with the effects. It's it sounded like something that could have been on like Igor. I don't know. Um, like again, from outsider's perspective, I just kind of heard that song styled me. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Demons comes up after that. Mm-hmm. This one actually, I think I mistake them. This one actually has the the chain sound effect like pretty heavily in it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kind of talks about his inner demons and struggles that he has with him and how this person doesn't really understand them. And he tries to warn her of things that come up and attempts to reassure um, at the same time. Um, he keeps saying, this is not a threat, I promise. It's a warning, baby. I just want you to know. I, I think this one... <sighs> is what pills could have been if it was a bit more written and fleshed out. Um, A little bit one note as well in the instrumental, but I I like that, that piano and leaving it a bit empty on purpose. Yeah. Kind of highlight the, and it does play a bit more into those uh, darker tones and a little bit, very synthetic drum sound. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And I, I love the ending too, where it's just kind of him coasting out on these really glistening, like open piano notes and him kind of saying, I've seen enough. Mm-hmm. Please just let me go. Let me go. I've seen enough kind of referring back to those demons and these chains that are kind of keeping him back. Um, interesting, uh, vibey, moody, darker track. And um I think this one it connects with me emotionally uh, the most. So I like this one. This is a good one. 
Yeah, I, this one finally gave me something to grab onto that distinct drum beat and the little piano accents in there. Like while it was dark and gloomy, it, there was something like breaking through. There were a couple things breaking through where the first two tracks from an instrumental standpoint were it, it just pretty monotone, like we said. Um, so th this is kind of where it started. I was like, okay, all right, all right I, I, I can, I can yeah. listen to this. Yeah. Yep. Window is next. Yep. Yeah. Um, this um, one cool. It has a really cool drum beat. You know, it's simplistic. I like that, you know, a lot of times. Um, and it could be me being biased, like playing drums. Like I, I, I do better with songs where there's a, a beat I can follow, you know, and then it varies off from there with the effects and the 808s and the accents and then, um, and everything. Um, but as far as other things, the, the, the rest of the song offers, I don't know. I, I don't know. This was a, a tough one for me, Tom. So, you know, I, I, I but <laughs> like we've learned, it's cool hearing the other person talk about it and you can kind of learn, you know, a different perspective from it. So, um, yeah. Um, this, this one, I can understand why it's not like, as like, like this one, at least the instrumental has a little bit more of something there. You can kind of grasp onto that, um, that drum loop a little bit more or not loop, but it, it kind of doesn't stay the exact same or kind of throw in some, some notes here and there that kind of changes it up. Um, but again, stays with that same theme of depressive, almost, I think at this point, he's kind of getting to the point of like suicidal thoughts, mm -hmm. talking about like, I see nothing out that window. I don't need an antidote, uh, forever. We don't want to drive slow, speed up with our eyes closed. Um, I'm pretty sure this kind of takes, um, uh, it interpolates, I believe, uh, Travis Scott's song antidote. Okay. Um, where he kind of, uh, I don't, uh. How does that song go? Anyway, um, it it steals that kind of same chorus lining, um, and he's saying, "And the sun will shine no more." I've been holding on too long. Same same general lyrical um, bits here and there, but this is probably like his lowest emotionally. Mm -hmm. Eyes closed, head down, ice cold meltdown. As it yeah. ends, it's like damn. So it, it is pretty powerful lyrics i wish i could like and again i'm you know say it all the time i don't really listen to singing and lyrics that much and try and make sense of it but i wish i could understand him more um but that's just his singing style that's him you know it uh, that's his artistic you know mm -hmm. offering but i just from someone who has literally zero mm -hmm. experience with him um, it would have been nice to understand, you know, the lyrics more, but yeah. Yeah. Um, and I can understand that too. It's definitely, I am a bit biased and that's, that's, it is what it is, you know? Yeah. So, um, and I will agree. I think this album is a little bit, um, it's a little bit too lo-fi for its own good. It's, it's very amateurish in its release and, you know, that, that, while that can be off-putting from a first point, like a first listener's perspective, um, being around it at the time, it did have its own charming abilities to it. You know, it was, it was, uh, it, it was amateur, 
but it was um it was real and it was actually them putting it out you could tell that it was you get to like these so many fucking industry plants or just rich like kids that are like you get to like Jaden Smith or whatever he's like I have all this money and all this clout I'm gonna make an album and then it sounds like 30 people worked on it and it sounds like you know it had millions of dollars of backing money put into it and you're gonna get the bare minimum out of that you know you're gonna get a song that has four chords and is gonna be put on the radio or will end up in some kind of Spotify playlist and get you know 20 million streams or whatever it is (laughs) But this one, it just sounds like the guy that you've been watching for the past, you know, six years, make a song in his bedroom or in his bathroom or in this kitchen or whatever it is, and then put it out. And then it's very dark and emotional, which is something you didn't see in the content that was put out beforehand, because it was all goofy and making fun of people and like, just kind of like not really torturing yourself but like kind of making they would they would do like shot collar challenges and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and so so it it was it's it's very raw i think like a little bit too raw Mm -hmm. um but it's him it's all it's there's all him i'm pretty sure there aren't anyone anyone else working on this there might be a uh a different like publisher but it's produced and written by joji himself so Mm -hmm. um yeah so while I can understand on first listens, you know, there's not anything to really grab onto. Yeah. Um, I think it does require a little bit of studying up on who he is as a person and being in Great. that mindset in 2017, like being there on the boots on the ground, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, it's yeah. cool. Like to have this be kind of his first serious, you know, venturing into music coming out of his YouTube, you know, personality and things like that. Like that must've been cool, you know, to, if you followed him as a YouTube personality and then into this, yeah. you know, it's cool. Yeah. And a bit of me thinks that he's basically just putting some feelers out there too, to like mm-hmm. see what sticks. And like, well, the pink guy, pink guy, his other persona had a lot of popularity. He had a song like with like 200 million streams. I think it was, it was called STFU. <sighs> Okay, you might have heard it as like a joke song, but um, you can't really sustain a full career on making like joke comedy songs. Yeah. And so I think once he gets a little bit more personal and then, well, he's like, okay, let's put out a serious album, but I'm feeling terrible right now. Like I'm going through this whole emotional ordeal. Let's translate that into a song and then we can make a, a, a kind of release out of that. And then I think this is what you get, you know? So this is him kind of just feeling out his, his crowd to see like, Hey, would you be okay if I put out something emotional and raw and Mm -hmm. people went fucking nuts over this. So he was like, okay, well let's lean more into that, but maybe throw more producers, throw like a a trippy red or like a Drake feature on it or whatever. I don't think he's done a Drake feature actually, but that would be cool. Mm -hmm. Um, And then he, he, he ends up going to perform at Coachella. So it's awesome. It's, it's a great, great career choice, I guess, on his art, on his part. Yeah, for sure. Um, but to keep the review going, we get to bitter fuck on uh, track five. Uh, this is not my favorite track. Very uh, repetitive for me. Um, that, that, that instrumental really just like sticks in my craw, you know? Um, this is I my like, favorite song. Is it really? <laughs> yeah, I love this song. <laughs> 
the song title, the mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a bitter fuck. Like I, I just I, 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 I like yeah, I like that. Um, and it gave me like a hook that I would. It's not that I was like dying for it, but like for someone who doesn't listen to this artist or style of music, it gave me something that to appreciate out of the the release. You know that yeah that part those guitar chords was you know a stripped down thing that i'm i'm kind of used to yeah um, I, thought was, I thought it was funny like it was kind of humorous you know yeah yeah this is yeah he gets a, he gets a lot more like introspective on this track he's like oh this is what you did to me and like i need to realize like i'm very bitter at, after this you know right. i'm mad i feel unclean uh, you don't know me. What the fuck you mean? You made me sad, and now you made me mean because I'm a bitter fuck. And then he's realizing what's going on. So, kind right. of a a uh, a self reflective kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like how he he brought in different instrumentals or like instruments. He brought in a guitar instead of just making it all piano based or kind of synthetic. Um, still kind of sounds like he made it in like Garage Band or something. Which yep. I think is his his uh, daw. I think he did work with GarageBand for this whole thing. Mm-hmm. I think I saw that in an interview somewhere. The only thing that sticks with me, this song is very repetitive, and I know I can understand from your point of view, where you know you want something that that you want a hook, you know. Um, where but when he gets for like the the multiple don't fuck with me's, and kind of you know. They call me bitter fuck, and now I don't give a fuck. It, it yeah, I can, the lyrical content, it's repetitive. Yeah, I, I can definitely but, understand yeah. that. I like the, the trap-influenced uh, drum beats or yeah. hi-hats. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm glad you liked it, though. Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed this. I think <laughs> this is my, uh, my top track for sure. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm reading on genius um in the visual for the for the ep this song plays while action figures are caught on fire and melted many of the figures faces their most identifiable parts are burnt first this visual plays into themes related to the temporary and fragile nature of social identity joji's identity has been damaged just like the toys faces were the more you know kind of neat also on the clean version of the ep the song is titled bitter because i'm a bitter you call me a bitter? <laughs> they couldn't even come up with like a, a word replacement. Because I'm a bitter frick. Yeah. <laughs> bitter buck. <laughs> you call me bitter butt. <laughs> oh. Anyway, yep. it all wraps up with World Star Money Interlude. Track six. Um, this is a ukulele driven track. Um, obviously about love and questioning your mental state a little bit starts off with like a family or some kind of domestic argument in the beginning mm-hmm. kind of bleeds into this this uh ukulele sound I, th- I think that's a really cool way to start off the track kind of feels like it kind of leans more into like this whole he made it in his bedroom kind of feel with like his parents arguing in the back or whatever it was um this was originally released in 2016 early 2016 which is a full year before this came out on SoundCloud. I think I remember hearing this about um, that. Um, the why it's called World Star Money is because of the the website of World Star Hip Hop. Uh, the beginning and like other sampled bits of fighting are from 
uh, the, the website, which mainly features people fighting or like mm-hmm. famous people fighting or whatever it is. Um, I, I really like this track. This, this track is my favorite, actually. It okay. sticks out a lot more in the context of the album, brings a whole different vibe to things. The ukulele, I think, adds a lot more than it's given credit for. Is it simple? Is it basic? A little bit. I understand that. But I do like the kind of glitchy middle section he brings up, that kind mm-hmm. of different uh, drum pattern that's played in there. And um, it's short, it's sweet, it's to the point. And um, it's it's uh, it's heartwarming. I like it. It's yeah. my favorite. Agreed. I also like this song a lot. So the last two tracks was pretty much, it, it saved me. Because um, I, 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 there wasn't a lot for me to get into on the first four um it's fair but again as an outsider like you know it's not my it's okay not my jam but these last two songs were cool i now that you're explaining how like there's the family fighting it's almost kind of like and he's like recording in his bedroom like you get that vibe it's kind of like the the person playing the song on ukulele that's kind of like their piece there's yeah. all this distant noise behind them and shit going on and arguing and everything and here you are in your own space, in your own head, playing ukulele, which is just a peaceful instrument to begin with. And you can kind of hear that in the production, how like the fighting's distant, but the ukulele is right in front. And I thought that was like a really cool perspective now that you've explained, you know, yeah, the thought behind the beginning of the track. Yeah, it's a cool contrast to have. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's it's the shortest on the album by a fair bit. It's only two minutes and six seconds. Yeah. And, um, you know, on a short enough EP to have the closer be a short enough track, be my favorite. It's kind of a cool way to put that. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Kind of a sweet ending to it, to this sure. very snake bitten album, mm-hmm. kind of to end on a on a bit of like a more secluded, n- not really happy, but um, somewhat of a an uplifting maybe, note. Maybe peaceful, you know. A peaceful, yeah. Yeah. Peaceful yeah. is a good way to put it. Yeah. And I did like that disjointed drum beat ukulele kind of accented how like it nothing really like it's kind of like they were all playing in the same time signature but one player like started off beat like it, it was just cool how it was like disjointed but it kind of worked yeah. you know um I, I i really enjoyed that that's gonna do it that is the entire wow. ep in tongues by joji um I do look at it a little bit nostalgically, but I can understand it does have some flaws. Um, But it's raw, it's emotional, it's him. It's not overproduced, it's not whatever. He basically just made it by himself and put it out for his fans. And um, I was one of them. And um, it really really connected with me on an emotional level at the time. And um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. So let's jump into some tracks. Let's do it. Uh, let's start with our favorites. We did kind of mention them already. Yeah. Uh, mine is World Star Money Interlude mm-hmm. for all and, the reasons I just said. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, yeah, mine's going to be Better Fuck. Um, I just thought like out of the previous four songs where he's kind of just in a low point and musically and lyrically, that was kind of a cool like switch in perspective. Um, I I just found like the the whole way how he he named the song Bitter Fuck and 
kept saying I, I I thought that was kind of like a tongue-in-cheek kind of um, yeah. thing, which actually I'm thinking that might be the episode title, tongue-in-cheek. I don't know. Maybe oh, not. maybe. I don't maybe. know. We'll, we'll think about we'll it. Discuss. Yeah, we'll think about it. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, yeah, that's my that's my favorite track. Uh, Joe, what is your least favorite though? Least favorite. I think I'm going to go with pills. Um, will okay. he? I know that was a big song for him. It wasn't my favorite, but then to follow that up with pills when it had kind of a similar tone to it, a similar feel to it, having that back to back was kind of tough for me, and. Um, yeah, I, th- I think I'm going to go with that as my yeah. least favorite. Joe, I'm sorry to do it. I did not. Yeah. I'm not the biggest fan of bitter fuck. That's all right. Hey, um, I, I can appreciate what it did. It definitely switched up the, the vibe, the instrumentation, the, it kind of was a bit more lighthearted, you know, kind of real, a bit more introspective. I, I completely understand its placement on the album, but, um, it gets a little bit too repetitive for me. And, you know, instrumentally and vocally, which mm-hmm. I think is a bit of a detriment, but I still enjoy it. Um, just for me, uh, was not my favorite, but I can understand pills too. Yeah. And um, yeah, let's do our sleepy dark horse. The now, sleepy dark now horse. F- for me, um, if I had to pick one, it would be World Ceremony Interlude, but <laughs> I already right. put that as my favorite. Yeah. And also it's very popular on his his own um, page as of right now. Like I said, it's his third most popular song streaming wise as mm-hmm. 278 million streams. So I won't say that. Um, I'm probably going to go with Demons. Um, I thought that had a cool, um, that, that chain sound that it had behind it. Um, and I like the, the way that tied in lyrically with him having his own personal demons and mm-hmm. saying, this is not a threat, I promise. I thought he had a lot of... Uh, he showed his range, uh, like his singing range on this too. And I like the ending where he gets a little bit more emotional and the kind of these very open piano chords that leave it on a bit of more of a question mark of an ending. So mm-hmm. uh, Demon's probably my, my sleepy dark horse. Cool. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, a, that's a good pick. For, for me, you know, not knowing his history, um, I want to get the title right. Uh, yeah, World Star Money was my sleeper. I really liked the last two tracks of the yeah. EP. Um, so I, I'm going to label this as my sleeper because it's a sleeper to me. It's right at the end. But I know it's pretty popular in his you know, fan base. Um, mm-hmm. But also because it, it sounded completely different than the other five songs, mm-hmm. um, which I really liked. Um, so, yeah, I really, really dug this track. Yeah. Yeah. Um let's rate it, Let shall it, we? Let's do it, Tom. Let what us. do you got? Um, I'm gonna give this EP a seven. Okay. I think that's a fair rating to give it. I know it's a little rough around the edges. I know it's only six tracks and 16 and a half minutes, but for where he was in his music career and for you know the the situation he was in at the time where YouTube was kind of getting rid of his ad revenue and he wasn't really uh, monetarily seeing success with Pink Guy and other kind of ventures he was seeking. I think this is incredibly commendable um, for someone that wrote and produced all of this by himself 
um, I think it has a lot of merit and to see some of these themes carried over into his more popular um, projects after this is, um, is something to see. And I, I really enjoy going along on this ride from the very beginning with Joji. So I think seven is fair. There are a couple dud tracks that don't really do it for me, but mm -hmm. um, you know, I do have a lot of nostalgia emotionally to this, like I said before, mm -hmm. and um I enjoy it. We will uh, also definitely be doing ballads one sometime in the future because I fucking love that album. So okay, cool. Um, we yeah. will get to that eventually, but uh, I think seven is a good spot for me. Very nice, very nice. Um, this just kind of overall as a release just wasn't for me. That's fair. Um, I understand. Yeah. Um, I like I said, I did like the last two songs. Hearing your perspective about the lyrical content and where he came from prior to this and where he was at this point um, helped me out a lot, you know, gain some more perspective, but I, uh, I don't know if I'm going to be coming back to this um, anytime soon. Unfortunately, I'm going to, I'm pretty much lockstep with my EPs here. I think I'm going to give this a three and a half. Um, okay. So that's kind of where I'm at. Um, but I'm excited to see, you know, what, you know, the future stuff sounds like, I know I had that one song experience, which I, yeah. I actually really did like that song. I, I trying to, I think it was run. I don't know. It was run. Yeah. It I, I run. looked at yeah. the, I looked at the sheet. Yeah. Yeah. That was a cool song. So I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh, another chance with, uh, Mr. Joji. Yes. In my eardrums. Yes. He is definitely an artist that I am always very excited for when he puts out something. He is, uh, cool right at the top of my list on new music Friday. He's like, Oh, he put out something, you know, I got to listen to it. So very cool. Hasn't put anything out since 2020, but hopefully there are inklings of a new album possibly coming out soon. So fingers very crossed. Nice. But how about two Howl? Howl about Howl about. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> well done. Yeah. So with Tucon, um, I liked it. I thought it was pretty good. Um, you need to understand that it's an easy ale, which means that it's, kind of marketed so that it, you know everyone can enjoy it um you know i'm a, i'm self-aware enough to to realize that i i've become a bit of a, a beer nerd a bit of a, a beer snob going forward so um you know we get to like ipas and all that stuff usually that's what i tend to lean towards but if you want to keep it very basic and you want to give something that everyone can enjoy you know anyone from like you know an 80 year old grandmother to someone who just freshly turned 21 and no one under that age. Yes. Um, this is something I could definitely recommend, you know, even if you don't live in the Connecticut area and that marketing doesn't really connect with you, you can still drink this and enjoy it on a certain level. Mm -hmm. um, it's not the most deep, you know, whatever you want to call it, but I think I'm going to give it the same rating I gave this EP, which is a seven out of 10. Okay. I think it's very good for what it is. And if if your if your first comparison is like a light beer, like a Bud Light, Miller Light kind of thing, and you're giving it a seven, it's miles ahead of of that. It is yeah. the best kind of light beer that you can have, and um, yeah, that's that's where I'm sitting with it. I you you made a lot of great points there, and I know we we both made you know good points earlier. So I I'm like right there with you. Listen, there is nothing complex about this beer but that's the point 
Yeah, that's the point, you know, and, and we've, you know, we talked about that. They're, they're trying to target, you know, a different demographic with this beer and offer something easy to drink at, you know, a sporting event appeal to the state of Connecticut. Um, and it's, you know, alumni. Um, but it's a good beer. I enjoyed it. I really did. And it's, uh, it, it's a, a better, you know, light beer, like we're saying. So for that reason, I'm right there with you. I'm giving this a seven. And I just think the branding, the partnership, their approach to it, you know, I'm seeing this on billboards on the highway. It's everywhere. And, you know, kudos to them. So seven for sure. Check out this beer. If you want something easy, go for this easy ale. Down. Sponsored. Boom. Not really, but I wish we were. I wish one day. Um, but yeah, good shit. So let's uh, features shout them have, out. Let's do it. We have two roads brewing out of Stratford, Connecticut, right down the road from me. Um, great Instagram account, um, great social media presence, great branding. Um, you know, their cans have similar graphics on them to kind of make it consistent, mm-hmm. but they each have their own label, etc. So yeah. they do a really great job great brewery great beers at least for me top five brewery in the state or probably anywhere really yeah for sure i mean they they have made a name for themselves they're one of the biggest breweries in the like northeast region you know and they have wide wide reach so good for them yeah um then uh joji he goes by sushi trash on a lot of his social medias Okay, let's. So, um, that's that's his Instagram. I know it's sushi trash. It sushi trash. Yes. Um, this guy's a lot of names. Yes. So he doesn't put out content on his YouTube channel anymore. Okay. But that is filthy Frank or TV filthy Frank. I actually, I I would recommend you go watch a couple of those videos because they are like out there and bizarre. I I love the gentleman's guide. That's such a good video. Uh huh. Um, hair cake is a great one, and um. They're just listen. Just you, you got to watch them just to to experience that that feeling, you know. So I'll check them out. Yeah, I I'll I'll, uh, I'll have to send you some of them, but hopefully hopefully we're getting new music from him very soon. So very nice. we uh, we will see. Very nice. Episode eighty nine is coming up next. Yes, we'll see. <laughs> DVD. I know we had a couple albums planned you yes. know, before uh, we we all got busy. Um, I want to get. I want to circle back to Good Kid, Mad City by Kendrick yep. Lamar. Yep, it was um, that, and then um, the new um, Slipknot one. Oh yeah, one of Slipknot's records that was uh, Mike's pick. So you know we know we have those two on the horizon, and uh, we'll see. I, so you know we got to leave this one on mm-hmm. a bit of a. A cliffhanger. We'll see what, what happens. Yeah, but um, hopefully we'll get all of us back in sooner or later. I know you guys are all finishing up with school and yeah, all pretty busy. So yeah, lining up is a bit of a miracle, but we will all be doing that relatively soon. Summer's coming. We will yes. hopefully get an episode on the boats. Maybe do uh, another awesome. album on there. That was so much fun last year. So yeah, that was cool. Yeah, Let's we'll have to tackle that again for sure. Yep. Cool. Well. Another episode of Hops and Bobs podcast in the books. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. Um, check us out wherever you get your podcasts. 
Thank you for the support and uh, follow us on all the socials. Thank you for your support there. We really appreciate it. And, um, <clears throat> you know, spread the word to your friends. You know, um, the, the biggest compliment I've gotten about our podcast is, you know, people may not listen to every episode, but they listen to the ones that they're interested in, whether it's the yeah. artist or the album. And um, we try and cover it all. So we give something for everyone to listen to. And we hope that by listening to one episode, you may try another one that you may not even be into the artist, but you like hearing us bullshit about beer and music, which is yeah. two of our favorite things. So, and hopefully you'll, you'll get some good recommendations out of it too, Absolutely. whether or not the, no, even if it's not the album, maybe it's the beer too. You go try right. it and, and love right. it. So turn you on to something new, you know? Yeah. So awesome. Thank you so much. We'll check you out next episode for Tom. I've been Joe and we'll see you next time. Peace. Peace. We're almost thinking. I think so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye.